0: Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Morning Podcast on Tuesday, the 7th of March, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. The Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up today, C.J. Miller on the impact of Brazil's mad cow case on U.S. beef prices. I have a story on tar spot and fungicides. And Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has below normal temperatures in the Indiana Farm forecast. Also, eric pfeiffer checks in with mixed ag markets yesterday analysis with john zanker on the who's your ag today tuesday morning podcast the land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. what if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level at first farmers bank and trust we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down but until the job is done with over 135 years of commitment to agriculture We'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
1: Has mad cow disease in Brazil impacted beef prices here in the U.S.? And fungicides to consider to help tackle tar spot? I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, a few weeks ago, Brazil's ag ministry confirmed a case of mad cow disease, which set off an automatic suspension of Brazilian beef sales to China. And since Brazil is the world's largest beef exporter, it's led to questions about how that might impact beef prices and exports here in the U.S.,
2: we haven't seen much of a response in the market, but we're really back to trading our own fundamentals here. And
1: that's Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist with Stone X.
2: You would think that the problems with Brazil, since it's a significant exporter of beef to China, would end up increasing demand for U.S. beef. But I think the trade is pretty well assuming this is going to be a short term interruption and that uh, we will see beef start to flow from Brazil to China, once again, maybe with restrictions from what area Brazil is comes or something like that.
1: Even though China is the number one buyer of Brazilian beef, Suderman says China has not yet turned to the U.S. to buy more of our beef to pick up the slack.
2: We really haven't seen any type of sustained increase in demand from China for U.S. beef. China has quietly become one of our top three beef importers from the United States, but that had happened long before this and we haven't seen any change in that dynamic really since the news broke.
1: Suderman says the tighter cattle supplies are having a far greater impact on U.S. beef prices.
2: Uh, I would say that the supply is going to continue to get tighter and that would tend to be seen supportive for prices as long as the consumer is continuing to be willing to pay up for those products. And as long as the consumer feels good enough about the economy to continue to pay up, then that would seem to be supportive. On the other hand, if consumer confidence in the economy deteriorates, then we would anticipate seeing a shift in consumer buying down the value chain from beef down to pork down to poultry.
1: Because of the tighter supplies and smaller carcass weights, Suderman says that U.S. beef production since the beginning of this year is down 4.5% compared to the same time last year. Read more at HoosierAgToday.com. Well, is a fungicide program part of your plan this year? Andy Eubank joins us now and shares some recommendations, especially if you're concerned about tar spot. Andy.
0: Thank you CJ. Fungicides have become a bigger part of the plan in the last three years across the Corn Belt as the number of acres treated has almost doubled.
3: A lot of that's because of the performance we're seeing from these newer fungicides on the market. We see consistency in that protection on disease. Also with tar spot moving there's more value in protecting that because of how aggressive that is. This has become a big topic and, and more of a plan for more growers as they try and protect their bushels.
0: That's Jared Rosscamp, Technical Service Representative at BAS Although the increased treated acres may have reduced the tar spot inoculants somewhat, last year's weather played the major role in the drop in tar spot incidents. But Ross Camp says don't let the fall-off lull you to sleep.
3: Weather drives a lot of disease development, especially with tar spot. So I don't think we had the conditions until really late in the year, and so we saw a little bit of a delay. I think that's a risk as we go into planning for 23 if we get lulled to sleep, thinking that next year is going to be like this year, we may have a lot of growers being reactive on a fungicide application. I don't think that's a good approach for a grower.
0: BASF has two products for tar spot and general plant health, and getting it applied before the aggressive disease arrives will provide plenty of return on investment. Ross Camp says they're learning more about tar spot, but it all comes down to the weather.
3: The one thing we're learning, and we're still learning on this disease, is as we start to see it develop earlier in June, we know that that typically leads to a bigger infestation in the year. And so we're starting to maybe get some early bell cows to tell us but until we get into the season, we won't know. So that's why it's important, I think, to put it in your plan now, whether it's Veltima or Headline Amp, they both perform very well. And then we can adjust the timing as needed as we get in crop and see how it's developing.
0: He adds the plant health aspect of their fungicides is a major factor in harvest yield.
3: That's where a BSF fungicide, I believe, has a unique advantage because we can also reduce stressors on the plant outside of the disease control that we offer. So in a year where we were dry, we still saw really nice responses because we were able to reduce those stresses and help still fill that grain and and provide bushel protection uh, at the end of the year
0: learn more about BASF's Veltima and Headline Amp at their website we have the link at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Andy Eubank and
1: I'm CJ Miller Who's Your Ag Today Indiana's most listened to farm radio network your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender.
0: The High Ground Podcast. Everything from
2: energy and fuel. And it's always like clean oil because most of my stuff leaks. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. To agriculture. We go from the cute and cuddly phase to the not-so-cute and cuddly phase. Yeah, you fast. can cuddle with them at 290 pounds. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably against your will, <laughs> well, I'm guessing.
4: And, well, other things.
5: He calls them all variable costs. That's bull. Ah. <laughs> They're not variable
3: costs. <laughs> I think you meant to say that's <laughs> fertilizer, right? Staying on topic.
4: <laughs> Listen now on all platforms.
6: I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act, today's Indiana Farm forecast. We have cooler Canadian high pressure trying to take advantage of the area today and tomorrow. That's going to give us some below normal temperatures, or at least closer to normal temperatures underneath this Canadian high. However, remember, normals are gaining every day now. We see a significant gain in what we expect in terms of sunlight per day and in terms of normal temperatures per day from the beginning of March. March to the close of March. And so we're definitely getting milder all the way through. So even though we're cooler, We're not cold by any stretch of the imagination now as I take a look at things going forward our next round of moisture here seems to want to move in late week. I think Thursday we see temperatures moderate a little bit with a little more cloud cover but Friday is when we have a nice system coming through a few hundreds to probably half an inch is what we're looking at the moisture is much heavier down farther in the deep south and up over the Great Lakes so we're kind of splitting this thing over the top of us but moisture nonetheless anywhere from a tenth to half an inch with coverage at about 80% of Indiana. Over the weekend, we cool down again. Saturday is chilly. Sunday, also seeing Canadian high pressure nearby, but there's another disturbance trying to push across southern Missouri and then down into the Tennessee Valley. That may drag a little bit of cloud cover and moisture across Indiana. Overnight, Sunday night into early Monday morning. But then next Monday afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're looking at partly to mostly sunny skies. We are cool, but we are not seeing any additional new precipitation. The reason why I keep bringing up things like additional precipitation is that the fact that we're looking with at a very significant uh, saturated moisture profile of the soil in a lot of areas and basically what i'm painting here is a picture that we see that dry out some over the next to 10 days to two weeks we don't go without precipitation but instead of seeing one to three inches of rain with every successive system we're seeing a half an inch or less, so it's much easier to deal with in terms of how our soils move this moisture on through the drainage and soil profile. That's the way things are stacking up here overall. No major surprises this morning. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin.
5: Soybeans continue their run higher. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Act Today's Monday Farm Market Review, and it's brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. They're the only independent seed company at the Commodity Classic. Call them today for upfront corn, soybean, wheat, alfalfa, and herbicide pricing. Final numbers from Monday Trade coming in just moments. First, let's check in for market analysis with John Zanker. He's with Risk Management Commodities in Lafayette, Indiana. And John, let's talk about this soybean market first. It continues its run today. We saw some pressure in the overnight session Sunday night into Monday and then we saw it jump out to a double-digit gain and then backing off the highs a little bit, but still a very solid performance for soybeans. We'll talk in a moment about the USDA report coming Wednesday, but where is all of this coming from for the soybean market?
4: Most of it's still coming from uh, the Argentina drought. They've not had much rain here in the last uh, two weeks. The forecast keeps putting some out there in that 8 to 14-day period, but uh, once we get closer to that, they shove it out a little bit more. So, it's not going to be a good end for the Argentine crop. Um, the days are ticking away. The calendar is not in their favor at this point. And there's a lot of estimates. They're starting to get down into that 33 million ton, uh, area, which would be uh, about 11 million ton loss from last year almost. So, uh, that's not insignificant. Uh, it's going to be offset by a, uh, huge brazilian crop uh with maybe four to five hundred million bushels left over over and above what they had last year but um that's still 10 million tons uh you know you're pushing uh, close to 400 million bushel loss in argentina and uh that means they're going to be a net importer of soybeans uh in the coming years so just to keep their crush plants open so it's it's a positive but i think we're getting a little bit worn out in here uh, I'm a little bit worried about uh, about this market turning south again.
5: Well, that was my next question, John, is what is the ceiling for this soybean market? I wasn't sure if there would be some major impacts coming from the USDA report that we'll see tomorrow.
4: The, the report won't be a negative uh, unless uh, uh, the trade is expecting uh, a, a pretty good push in exports. I think that, you know, the USDA brought exports down last month. I think they'll bring them back up this month, uh, the last five or six weeks were a very impressive six weeks and uh, something that we typically don't see now we're starting to see those exports fall off uh, uh, this past week's were the lowest of the marketing year and that's what we're going to be faced with right now the brazilians are undercutting us into china by a dollar 20 so uh, that means they're undercutting us into a lot of markets so um you know, soybeans right now are 10 cents off their high. It's just going to be a tough rally from this point forward with our export market going away in a hurry. John, let's talk about the corn market. It
5: seemed like they had been kind of following along today. We're not seeing much movement. Of course, we're seeing the the jump in soybeans. We're seeing the wheat market double digits lower and corn just kind of right in the middle. What's the story there?
4: Well, we uh, got a little support today for change from the export shipment report. It came in at 35 million, which is above the 10-week average and certainly, uh, hopefully, the start of a bit of a surge here. Uh, we're about five or six weeks late on that typical seasonal surge that we see. So it's going to be hard to make those bushels up. I think the USDA will probably lower export expectations again on uh, Wednesday. If not uh, when, uh, this month, they will next month. We're just uh, we're, we're getting to the point where we're too far behind to catch up tension a penny lower today is uh not too bad that's about five cents off the low uh i think if not for uh 12 cent losses in wheat we might have had a higher corn market today
5: well and that's where i'm going next with this wheat market it sounds like we are uh, getting more news from ukraine russia the black sea region over there and that might be pushing the wheat market a bit lower is that where it's coming from
4: well there was a lack of chatter about the export corridor uh, possibly possibly being shut down this month uh i think there was a little bit of buying last week maybe anticipation of something coming up over the weekend and uh, we didn't get that and uh here we are making uh you know pushing into new lows again right now we're about the lowest price since september of 2021 so this wheat market has really been struggling uh the fun uh, short after today should be over 575 million, and that's that's about equal to all of the non-hard red wheat production in this country. So, it's just uh, it's amazing how uh, many uh, short speculators we currently have in the market.
5: Again, that's John Zanker with Risk Management Commodities in Lafayette. You can reach John at 866-837. Nine o two seven on Monday. May corn was down two and three quarters to six thirty seven. July lost two and a half, six twenty five and a half, down a penny on Deese corn to five seventy. May beans up over a dime, ten and a quarter higher, fifteen twenty nine, fifteen sixteen and three quarters on the July, gaining ten and three quarters. Novi beans up six and a quarter to thirteen seventy nine and a quarter. May wheat lost 13 and a quarter. In livestock, April live cattle was up sixty seven cents, one sixty six ten, and Apriline hogs lost over a dollar to eighty three forty seven. That's the Monday farm market review, and that does it for the Tuesday morning podcast from Hoosier Ag Today. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again tomorrow. And thanks to First Farmers Bank and Trust for bringing us today's podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag
4: Today, Indiana's Farm Network.